Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass Carson Wentz in his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of the show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> What's up, dude? I like this. You like it? Yeah. I like it too. What's up, man? What's up with you? You want to start? Always like start off. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Welcome back to the NFC East feast, and more importantly, welcome to my apartment. As always, it's me, your boy B, and your boy GVR. And we are coming at you with our third of four team preview editions, and today. It was a very special day because we we're doing my Dallas Cowboys, which is we are in my home of downtown St. Petersburg. George, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Glad to be in Brian's apartment. You know, it's like any, you know, bachelor's apartment, or I guess you're not a bachelor anymore. Exactly not. But definitely the apartment, you got that down. It's a bachelor feel. And before we go any further, I think we need to thank Bud Light for sponsoring this podcast. All right, we're going to do the Cowboys. Hopefully all of you who are watching this have already listened to the Eagles and the Giants team previews. And next month in August, we will do the Washington football team preview. But today it's all about them Cowboys. And before we dive into the roster or um, the schedule and kind of how we think the Cowboys are going to line up, I want to talk about just some, some off-season stories with you, partner. Um, and first and foremost, we got to start with my boy. Number four, Dak Prescott um, had a compound fracture in his... If you didn't know, Dak Prescott had a compound fracture in his ankle, which cut his season short, and he was rewarded by getting a $160 million contract. Now, I know my hopes are high, but I want to get a, a less biased perspective. How do you think Dak will bounce back? I think Dak will bounce back. Um, I don't know exactly to what extent. Um, you know, he, he was killing it before he got hurt. He's throwing three four touchdowns a game. But at the end of the day, that's a really brutal injury. As yes. you know, a, a compound fracture in your ankle, uh, definitely one of those mobile quarterbacks that's probably not gonna be as mobile anymore. Not gonna run a ton of the boots, I don't think anymore. I, I could see him making faster decisions, doing a lot of possibly checking down a lot, which a lot of Cowboys fans won't like, having the CD lambs of the world running down the field. But I do see this being a little bit more of a contemporary offense moving forward until we know for sure how Dak's health is. I think it's a fair point, my friend. Um, yeah, I mean, he is someone who depends on his legs. By no means is he a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, but he would extend plays often by, um, you know, running. And I think maybe that might be limited a little bit. I'm hoping our offensive line is a little bit more of a cohesive unit this year, and it provides Mr. Prescott a few extra seconds back in the pocket. But although it was a nasty injury, um, I'm sure that you guys all saw it with the bone poking out through the sock, you know, kind of like an old school Joe Theismann uh, injury. Um, I would rather have him come back from that than a torn ACL or an Achilles or something like that. Um, I think the tendons are a little trickier on the comeback. 
Dak is full go. I mean, we're sitting here. It's it's we're a week off of Fourth of July, and he's running all the first team reps in camp. Dak Prescott's ready to go, man. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. But who knows about Zeke? I mean, that's another big story. He kind of gave up on the team last year. Uh, never been a Zeke guy. Got out of shape a little bit. Who knows? He could have showed up to a DIY strip club with Dwayne Haskins, dude. He looked about Keep that. Keep your damn ex quarterback yeah, away know. from my running back. <laughs> but no, it's, it's a good point. We got it. We got to get into the running back situation. Um, to, a lot of people echoed your sentiment, man. After Dak went down last year, it kind of seemed like Zeke knew this Cowboys season of the of the 2019-2020 season. There was no hope. And he kind of got lazy, and Tony Pollard straight up outplayed him. And there's a lot of people from within the organization, and a lot of people echoing in the stands are saying Tony Pollard needs to have more of a 60-40 timeshare. So yeah, I would say that. so. Those Memphis backs, dude, there's something special. I'm telling you what. Antonio Gibson, obviously a stud. I think that I've been hot on Tony Pollard for a while. I think you yeah. have too. But I know that secretly you've been hesitant to give him props because you know your boy is Zeke. But I think the longer this goes, the more you're going to be a Tony Pollard guy. For sure. I mean, I want to give Zeke, Zeke a chance. Him and Dak have always been attached at the hip. They were drafted in, in the same draft class. They've been the best of friends for the past four or five years living in Dallas. Um, even there was a story that um, during the pandemic at the height of like April of 2020, they were throwing parties together. So you know these guys like to get down. So I, I, I like to think that with Dak Prescott healthy, with a healthy offensive line, that Ezekiel Elliott is going to show up. Um, they have some, and of course the Cowboys aren't going to leak any bad footage of him. I get that. But the footage that um, has been seen of him in the uh, OTAs, he looks sharp. He looks like he's in much better shape than he's been these past two years. And But but we'll see. I'll, I'll give him until Halloween, maybe Thanksgiving max. If he's not averaging 100 yards a game, start shifting those And they're yards. running the ball. We They're going to want to run the ball. We will run the football despite having a trio of nasty wide receivers, which we'll get into later. I want the Dallas Cowboys to be a run-first football team because off the run, obviously, that's what sets up these deep play-action passes. And Dak Prescott excelled at that. But not only that, it's your defense cannot be on the field. You want to talk at about all, dude. You your defense cannot be on the field. Let's talk about the defense for a minute. Oh. Uh, another offseason story I want to get to is the addition of Dan Quinn. Last year, um, the hot sauce king himself, Mike Nolan, was an absolute disaster. Um, so bringing in Dan Quinn, who uh, wasn't exactly lighting the fire, the world on fire with Atlanta's defense, uh, he was, the last time he was an actual true defensive coordinator, uh, the head of the Legion of Boom. Most of you guys will remember they went to two Super Bowls. They won one of them with Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, and those boys. So he is total, totally on Dan Quinn. That that defense was that good, by the way. He may he totally may, because of Dan Quinn. May have had some assistance from yeah. the personnel. <laughs> but who put those guys together? You never know. I'm not saying that Demonte Casey, Donovan Wilson, and Keanu. Who Wilson. are these people, bro? These are my. Oh wait, they played for Atlanta. Sorry. No, no forgot about God, they, how good that defense was. These are my defensive backs. All right. I'm not saying these guys are going to be the lob and like they were up in, in Seattle. But I think that Dan Quinn is a good defensive coordinator. Um, even as a head coach, although he struggled and eventually got fired last year in Atlanta, he took the Falcons to a Super Bowl and had a 28-3 lead. I think the addition of Dan Quinn is being slept on. I believe that he can make the Cowboys a top 15. That's all I'm asking for, a top 15 defense. And that easily puts us at the top of the NFC East. That would be quite the hike. A top 15 defense would be the hike, yeah, considering we, we, they're the worst defense in the league. Yeah, that's moving But that would, that would be moving it up, bro. Dan Quinn for fucking Prez, dog. That's, 
That's moving up. That's that's moving up about 15 to 16 slots, so it will be yeah, difficult. We'll see, but I think that we will have the personnel because of our draft. Something else I'm going to get into. Let me use my laptop as a little cheat sheet here. I want to talk about our draft because we went defense heavy. I'm sure most of you guys know that. Um, we started off in the first round. Um, a lot of people were shocked that we took Micah Parsons, a linebacker out of Penn State. But he was projected a top 10 pick on all the mocks. Um, a lot of people didn't have the Cowboys taking a linebacker because we already had um, Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith. And at the time, Sean Lee. Sean Lee has since retired. But we took uh, Micah Parsons in the first round. Kelvin Joseph was a, uh, a blazing fast cornerback we took in the second round. He originally started at LSU. Um, then he transferred over to Kentucky. And Originally, the, you wanted to get the, uh, the DB out of LSU, correct? The, uh, what's his face? DB out of Bama, Patrick yeah, Sertan. And um, unfortunately, at the number seven and eight pick, right before the Cowboys, um, the Panthers and Broncos went back-to-back the top two corners. They took J.C. Horn, the Panthers did, and then the Broncos took Patrick Sertan. So our corners were snatched out from our feet. But like I said, we got Calvin Joseph in the second round. The guy's very fast. He had a little off-season, um, uh, off-field, excuse me, issues at LSU. But Jerry Jones is no stranger to drafting players with off-field issues. He transferred over to Kentucky last year, had a pretty decent season. So I think he gets some playing time right off the bat for the Dallas Cowboys. Then we bolstered our D-line, which needed I can get playing time there, but... You think you at corner? Nah, bro. I'll give you like not a at corner. Bro, yeah, not at corner. I'll give. I would. I would put you as a situational pass rusher for yeah, my Dallas Cowboys. Sure, Maybe even like a like a an outside linebacker. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, I look. Yeah. We'll see. Van Jordan. Yeah, I could see you. Yeah. Uh, Van Riper, Van Der Esch, It fits. All right. Then we went to defensive line and needed a lot of help. We took Osa. Guys, excuse me. This is a hard one. Osa Odwigzuwe was Those a. Yeah, I tried. Wow. He, he's a DT out of UCLA, I believe. Yes. Um, and he's a, a He's got some big eyes, bro. He's a big eyed man. Um, he's and he's got these big eyes. He's, Look at this guy's eyes. It's a little creepy. Um, but everything about this man is big, and that's why he's going to help st- stuff the run along with Neville Gellimore. Um, then in the fourth round, we took a defensive end out of Iowa, Chauncey Golston. He's a monster. He's immediately going to get playing time, as most of these rookies are, because our defense is just that damn bad. Then we moved on to, uh, we had two picks in the fourth round. We took Nashawn Wright. A lot of people had him as a sixth or even seventh round pick. He is 6'4", but only about 190 pounds. So real tall, thin corner. Um, but Dan Quinn likes long corners. So there's no um, secret there. That was a Dan Quinn pick. So we reached a little bit on the corner from Oregon State. He might be a little more of a developmental player. Um, then in the fourth round, uh, we got Jabril Cox who was our boy Jay Ludd's on, you remember the yeah, NFL Jay draft Lutz. special? Spotting him out of LSU, cover linebacker guy, runs sideline to sideline, um, not, I mean, tackler-wise. Kind of built more like a safety, yeah, but, very, safety. but very very good I at covering. Yeah. And adds to an already talented linebacker room. Very excited about Jabril Cox. Um, then we went offense a little bit, drafted Josh Ball a tackle and Fioka, a wide receiver out of Stanford. Um, and then we went back defense and got Quinton Bohana, Quentin Bahana is another large. Dude, anybody know any of these names, bro? I do. Literally, does anybody know anybody Dallas from Cowboys, that team? Dallas Cowboys fans, I know a few of you. Out wow. Know these names, and um, I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, Quentin Bohana, Israel Mukamu. <laughs> I think a couple of that's Matt Fornick, bro. This guy looks like he fucking got 
we're from Bells or Leave something. Matt Farniak alone, all right? Oh, yeah. he, yes, Sorry. he's an offensive lineman, by the way. We're not going to talk about him. It was a seventh-round pick. Uh, Quinnen Bohana is a large defensive tackle, a 350-plus pounder out of Kentucky, and that kind of routed out our defensive heavy draft. And they got to stop the run, and, and that's what it comes down to. If, if you're not going to start stop the run, they're going to – you know, they're going to control the pace of the game, as we all know as football fans. And that's why a lot of the defense is in the hands of Zeke and Tony Pollard. Um, because let's be real, that defense is not good. You know, and unfortunately, that's just the know. case. We don't know if this defense isn't good. This is a new defense. No, clearly, I'm not going to say, like, we're going to be as good as Washington football defense or the Giants defense, a proven commodity. But I do believe with this influence, where Where is your strength in defense? I just, and I'm just curious. Like, where, where do you see your strength? Like linebackers, I'm assuming? The linebacking yeah. core. Okay. Dude, think about it. If we, I don't know how um, – George and I were talking about this before we hit record. Um, Dan Quinn has a traditional 4-3 scheme. Um, he was talking about implementing a lot of 3-4 schemes into this defense in particular because when you have Jalen Smith, Leighton Vanderesh. Micah Parsons, Keanu Neal, who was a converted safety um, for Atlanta. He played under uh, Coach Quinn in Atlanta. He'll be a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. And Jabril Cox. That's five deep. How do you get all these guys on the field? So I see a lot of 3-4, and I think linebacker is our strength. And I know that um, Dan Quinn has been tinkering around with having uh, Micah Parsons be a straight pass rusher on um, third down passing situations. And that's great. And, and, I, and I agree with you. And, and it's a possibility that they can stop the run. But I'll tell you what they can't stop, and that's the pass. Dan Quinn last year was last in passing defense. Uh-oh. Last. And he brought his boys with him, DeMonte Casey and Keanu O'Neal. And apparently they're big pickups because they're coming from the last place pass defense of the Atlanta Falcons. Listen, let me defend my, my, my newly acquired Dallas Cowboys. DeMonte Casey had a great year two years ago under Dan Quinn. Last year he ruptured his Achilles in the first month of the season. That's why we got him on the low. Very cheap one-year prove-it contract. So DeMonte Casey was not a part of that disastrous Falcons secondary. And Keanu Neal was a safety last year. Maybe he struggles as a safety. Guess what, George? We're going to move him into the box. We're not going to worry about him getting beat over the top. Yeah, I, I just feel like the Cowboys are the Airbnb of the NFL, dude. And people are just in and out of there. And there's just new names showing up. And it's just like... I like that analogy. I'm not going to say that you're wrong with that. But I will say that I think um, Trayvon Diggs had a pretty good rookie year. He showed flashes. He also got burnt a few times, but by guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who burnt the entire league. So I think Trayvon Diggs is going to come back, be a true number one. Tell you who they didn't burn. That's the Washington football team. But... I remember you guys beat us a few times last year, but we're not talking about you guys. That's for August. We just looked it up, actually. Number one. They were number one. But we'll save that for August. This is my turn. This is my Dallas Cowboys. But I appreciate you giving me a hard time. That's what you're here for. Um, But obviously, I'm very biased. And I think um, that Trayvon Diggs, Kelvin Joseph, we still have Anthony Brown, a veteran corner, and uh, Jordan Lewis, another veteran who we resigned. So that's a pretty, I'd say, average corner group but that's all I want them to be just be average Donovan Wilson Devontae Casey all those corners I just mentioned just be average you have a very talented linebacking core in front of you and on the defense a lot of exotic blisters man because they cannot have time to throw that ball and obviously and that's just the case so um you know you do that you had that guy out of Kentucky the quick guy the cover guy what's his name sorry Kelvin Joseph Kelvin Joseph yeah so that's exciting I liked him out of the draft he ran a quick 40 time I think it was like 4-3 correct um so you know, you, you have added some talent. I don't want to give you too much of a hard time. It's just, it's, it's difficult to see the product on the field last year and then seeing very little changes to make that better other than some youthful, you know, Micah Parsons. Don't know if he's a cover guy. I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I think um, Jalen Smith actually had a quote. Um, one of the first days um, of OTAs, he walked up to Micah Parsons. He goes, yo, Rook, I didn't know you, you could pass rush like that. And, and Mike was like, no, no, this is what I do. Like, in, in high school, that's what I was recruited to come to Penn State to was get after the quarterback. So I could see Micah Parsons he being – He runs straight. Yes, he could – but he runs fast and he runs aggressive. Yes, you know his dude. His tape is very impressive. I'm not saying that if he dude, listen, if he, if he gets at any point this season, we're playing the NFC East and Micah Parsons is matched up one on one with either Antonio Gibson, Saquon Barkley, or Miles Sanders, it will not be a good day. Okay, I'm not going to say that's going to be a good thing. But be careful if you are Danny Dimes, if you are Ryan Fitzmagic, or if you are Jalen Hurts, because Micah Parsons is coming for that ass. I think we went over the, the linebackers and the DBs pretty well. Um, our D-line, we'll see. Um, my favorite quote of mine last year was a DeMarcus Ski Mask Lawrence. He took the Ski Mask off a little bit as the year went on and had a, an average year, but he's still one of the top paid defensive ends in the league, and I hope he plays more like it this year. But what I'm really excited about is a full 17-game uh, schedule for Randy Smoke Dog Gregory. They finally outlawed the um, marijuana suspending uh, so Randy Gregory is going to have a chance to be on the field. He's going to be doped up out there, man. He might be a little doped up, but clearly he's used to that. The guy is the guy has THC in his blood. He's very used to playing under the influence. And last year, in limited action, when he finally was um, off the suspended list, he had three or four sacks pretty quickly. So I think Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence um, are going to be coming after these quarterbacks. I love Neville Gallimore, our third-round pick out of Oklahoma last year. I feel like he's going to be um, probably our best defensive tackle with the departure of Antoine Woods. And I already mentioned uh, the defensive tackles and defensive ends that we drafted in this draft. Three, three the, the last, this is last year's defense, defense again, again now. now. The, the Cowboys, Cowboys were last in the NFL, and um, opposing running backs were not even touched by our defense for at least three, three yards, yards, three yards before being touched, dude. But we'll see. Hopefully, B. Wills has got a three-yard gain every time he gets the ball. Yeah, I can just fall forward. I can just fall forward. Yeah, literally. literally. And you do that three times, you almost have a first down. So that's yeah. a bad stat, guys. We'll be clean that up. Um, a few more names off out there are Tristan Hill. He was a kid from UCF um, that we drafted a few years ago. They're hoping for big things for him. We also have guys like um, Dorrance Armstrong. So we have some bodies we're going to rotate on the D-line, much like we're going to do in the linebacking core. And we're just going to cross our fingers and hope that we can hold teams under 30 points, which is going to segue my team to go to our offense. Because that's, that's the strength of our team. And I think that we are going to, if not legally, certainly be top five in points per game. What are your feelings on the Cowboys offense going into this season? Yeah, I mean, the, the offense is great. You, you know, you have terrific receivers. The only question mark for me is probably the O-line. Uh, you do have Zach Martin. You know, you do have Tyron Taylor, Lyle Collins. Um, so guys have definitely been there, but you got a couple of new guys, I think, stuck around, around around of Texas. Um, Connor Williams. Connor Williams, few, kind of a bust so far. But that O-line will, will, will mean a lot to the boys because, again, they have to run the ball. They, they have fantastic receivers, but you got to give Dak some time to throw to them. Um, I, I, I see this. I don't see why they can't throw for two or three touchdowns a game, score 30-plus sure. points a game. Uh, they have that kind of offense, and their defense won't be on the field long because – Everyone's going to score on against them. So, um, but yeah, no, I, 
I see them being kind of back to, back to where they were when Dak was there last year. I, I just elite. think I think it's going to look a little different though. I, again, I think they're going to be a lot of checkdowns. I think it's going to be pretty contemporary, uh, but they're going to want to hold on to the ball as long as they can. I like that. I think that's a that's a fair assessment of my offense. Um, Tyron Smith. He had a few cleanup surgeries in, in the offseason. All word is going into training camp that he's going to be healthier than he's been the past couple seasons. So if we can't get 17 games out of Tyron, if we can get 14 or 15, I think that would be great. I still think he is an above-average left tackle in this league. Um, our right tackle, Lyle Collins, was hurt last year, but he didn't have a history of injuries like Tyron had. So I think that Lyle Collins will um, start all 17. How was your depth? Our depth at O-line? Yeah. Not good. You saw what happened last year when these guys got hurt. Yeah, no, it's still, we're a few injuries away from, absolutely, but I'm banking that Tyron's going to be somewhat healthy, Lyle Collins will certainly be healthy, Zach Martin um, is, is a staple at right guard, one of the best players in all of football, regardless of position, one of my favorite guys, they call him the gob, so looking forward to seeing Zach Martin back at right guard, he was playing some tackle last year to help out with all the injuries, but he was a little bit out of position, but he still played pretty damn well for never playing tackle in his life. No, 100%, is, is Mike McCarthy calling the plays? No, no, Kellen Moore will call the plays. Got it. And um, a, a big part of calling the plays is your center. And our center this year will be a first-time starter, which is Tyler Biotish. He is a player we drafted last year out of Wisconsin. I think it's kind of coincidental that our former center, who retired, uh, Travis Frederick, the All-Pro, because of Guillain-Barre, which is an autoimmune deficiency, he retired a couple years ago. And his um, replacement at the University of Wisconsin was Tyler Biotish. And now his replacement on the Dallas Cowboys will also be Tyler Biotis. Milk drinkers, dude. Oh, yeah, straight up Wisconsin milk drinkers, big boys. So I hope that Tyler Biotis... Thick, that's what two C's, kid. Three C's. No, thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah thick, thick. So hopefully this O-line stays healthy and opens up some holes for Zeke and, and, and uh, Tony Pollard. And um, now I want to talk about my favorite part of the team, the receiving core. It all starts with uh, number 19, Amari Cooper, one of the best route runners in all of football. Now, Amari Cooper did have some ankle surgery in the offseason, and he is questionable to be ready for training camp. I don't think that's a big deal. I don't, I'm not mad if he misses, if not all of training camp and preseason. He's been with Dak Prescott for a few years now. There's a good rapport built up between those two. We also have uh, C.D. Lamb. Um, I'm going to go bold prediction on this. C.D. Lamb becomes the Cowboys' number one receiver by week four or week five and makes his first career Pro Bowl in year two out of Oklahoma. I'm expecting... The sky is the limit for for uh, for CD Lamb. He got thick. He, got, he, he put on a little he size. Like 10 pounds. He, no, he was he was a thin boy. He was looking a little like uh, Devonte Smithler there in the Eagles. Um, but no, he he definitely put on some healthy weight. He's still um, explosive, still very fast, has great hands, great ball skills. And if you were number eighty-eight in Dallas, like Drew Pearson and like Michael Irvin and like Des Bryant, where war. You got a ball, and I think that's what C.D. Lamb's going to do. And our third receiver is better than most teams, like yours, second receiver, Michael Gallup. Come on, Michael Gallup, after this year, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to pay him because... Curtis Samuel's better than Michael Gallup. Okay, I agree to disagree. Guys, if you're listening and now watching this, please send us your opinions at home. Who would you rather have? Curtis Samuel, a gadget running back type of wide receiver? <laughs> Or Michael Gallup, a, who's, who has had 1,000 yards, something Curtis Samuel has never done in this league. I digress. Michael Gallup is a great number three wide receiver. He's going to get paid number one wide receiver money after this year. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to keep him. But we got him for one more year, and I'm very excited to see this three-headed monster do work along with our tight ends. I don't know if you remember, George. We have a guy named Blake Jarwin. You may not be very familiar with him. But he fractured his leg as well last year in week one, I believe. So he's coming back. And he Sorry, will be my doppelganger is dead. Well, 
There you go. Thank you. You took the words out of my mouth. The, the George Van Riper, handsome son of a bitch doppelganger himself, Mr. Dalton Schultz, will also be lining up. Check him out, dude. Check, handsome, handsome guy. Yeah. Also, also um, usually styles his facial hair a lot like Mr. Van Riper over here. Um, so if, when we do run two tight end sets, it will be Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. I think that pretty much wraps up our offense. Do you have any other uh, particular guys you want to No, go I just think, I mean, the relationship between uh, the locker room and Mike McCarthy got really funky last year, early on in the year. Good point. Obviously, Mike Nolan's no longer there. Um, the vibes in the locker room weren't great. Apparently, somebody leaked some social media stuff about how, you know, whether they weren't, there was a lot of camaraderie, um, basically. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens this year. I know last year that they did have a few games. They actually won um, at we the end of the year. We went 6-10. It wasn't a complete dumpster fire. Yeah, so, so they did play. I think they kind of came together a little bit at the end of the year. Well, I'm really just interested to see how the vibe is in Dallas uh, going into preseason and, and eventually to week one. So. Well, That's I, a big question, Mark. I will quote my quarterback. Dak Prescott, when he said, this is going to be a special season, Cowboys fans, and he winked. So That's I, weird. I, I'm sure that he, you know, Cowboys have never said that. Or, we I'm, usually have pretty high expectations going into the ignorance, season. Ignorance, bro. I have been known to be a bit of an ignorant Cowboys fan at times, but I think I'm one of the more level-headed I Cowboys fans. I think you are fans. becoming more and more rational. Thank I you. Think I, I will say that. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, th I think our offense is elite. I think the defense is a question mark. There's th that that pretty the that pretty much sums it up. Let's yeah, we're gonna run through the schedule here, and I think that we could finish up by giving our predictions of kind of the win loss and and see if we think they're going to. Uh, no, I actually drank my beer. You were just so focused. What, on. dude? I'm down to here. I'm down to here. Hold on. Actually, hold on, guys. Sorry for this. I choked beer like Aaron Rodgers. That's embarrassing. Sorry, guys. Let's go through their schedule. All right, week one, I already know. We will be at Raymond James Stadium. Oh. I know, Raymond James Stadium, the opening game of the year, if my internet will work, is going to be um, in Raymond James on Thursday Night Football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to get their Super Bowl rings, and we open up against Tom Brady, who's been going for his unprecedented eighth Super Bowl. I saw the opening line. It's only Bucks minus six. Guys, tell me if I'm crazy. I think that means that the Sharps in Vegas are giving my Cowboys a little bit of credit going on the road, and they're not even a touchdown it's favorite. One, dude. I'm just saying. Tom, Tom going to play? I bet Tom. I bet Tom Brady plays, bro. Jesus. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. We. No, I was on. I screwed up. I was on the um, total NFL team schedule. I know. I just, guys. I'm sorry. This is. This is. This is live. This is live entertainment. This is what George has to deal with every day. Okay. Right. Week one, um, George thinks we're getting lost to the Bucks. Week two, we travel to Los Angeles to play Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Um, they got a new coach, um, Brandon Staley, who is the D coordinator from the Rams. So we'll see how the new look Chargers um, go up against my Dallas Cowboys. Week three, we come back home to Jerry's World. And on Monday Night Football, we will face Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, and this new regime of Eagles football. Yeah, I'm feeling, feeling pretty confident against um, the old rock, paper, scissors coach himself, uh, Sirianni. Week four, we uh, stay at home, and uh, we will host Sam Darnold and his new team, the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey is going to be a problem uh, for our defense. I can already say that right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I got high hopes for them. Yeah, you're not liking it. We'll see. All right, we shall see. 
week. They lost Curtis Samuel, I'll tell you that. They did lose Curtis Samuel, who apparently is better than Michael Gallup. Unbelievable. Um, week five, we stay at home. That's a nice little home stretch for us. Week five, we stay at home, and we will host the New York football Giants, who ended our season last year. The tough game, very good defense. But I think that we can get Daniel Jones to turn the ball over once or twice because he likes to do that. Uh, week six, this will be a tough one. We travel to the Northeast to play the New England Patriots and coach Bill Belichick. Patriots spent buku bucks in the offseason to upgrade, so I think that they're going to be much improved. Yeah. They're only 7-9 and nine last year, um, and I think that Coach Belichick has a little bit of chip on his shoulder because Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, of course, won a Super Bowl, so I'm expecting the Patriots to be a lot stronger this year. So that's week six. Week seven, we have a bye week, which will be much needed at that point. Week eight, we come out of the bye and travel to Minnesota. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. You like that. Um, Kirk Cousins, uh, what, what's, that is what's a primetime game at Sunday Night Football. Wow. That's good. Kirk Cousins is not yeah, good in primetime, so I like our chances there. But I'm such a big fan of Adam Thielen and, of course, Justin Jefferson, the uh, Offensive Rookie of the I Year. Yeah, it is. And Dalvin Cook is, is a problem, so that's, that's going to be a, a real test for our defense. Uh, week nine, we come back home to Jerry's World, and we will play host to the Denver Broncos. Um, they have kind of a conundrum at the quarterback position. Will it be Drew Locke? Will it be Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. Uh, either, either way, I don't think Denver's going to be a very competitive football no. team this year. Week 10, we host the Atlanta Falcons. You guys will probably remember um, the Falcons and Cowboys game uh, last year. One of the craziest games of the year. Um, George had a hilarious Instagram video he posted with uh, Jaden Graham letting the onside kick go 10 yards, and the Cowboys ended up winning like a 43-42 to 42, uh, classic game. So um, the Falcons did lose Julio Jones, but they still have Calvin Ridley, and they drafted Kyle Pitts out of Florida. So I'm expecting that to be a potent offense and um, probably another high-scoring game. Week 11, this is going to be tough. We travel to Arrowhead to face the AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. If there's any chance that we can get, go into Arrowhead and come out with a victory, I think that speaks volumes about this Cowboys team. That's tough for anyone in this league to do. Week 12, we come back home to host the Raiders, and this game is on Thanksgiving. Of course, the Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. I am sad it will not be against the Washington football yeah. team this year. Um, but the Raiders, we'll see. Um, they have some interesting pieces. They also have a homosexual, so that's a whole new wrench <laughs> thrown into the system. Um, you know, and the NFC East feast, um, we support uh, gay pride, of course. <laughs> Week 13, we go to New Orleans to face the Saints. Will it be? <laughs> will it be? Taysom Hill, or will it be Jameis Winston, the quarterback? I'm going to say it's going to be Jameis. I think, I think that Jameis is actually going to turn some heads this year, and the Saints will be a competitive football team. Week 14. Here we are. Week 14. We travel to FedEx Field to face the Washington football team. It's no secret, George. I'm going to let you take this for a second. How, how do you think we want match up against you guys this year? Oh, man, it's going to be tough because it's all the way at the end of the year. You right. just never know what could happen. You don't know what the injuries are, are going to take place. Prior to that game, uh, what time's the game? Is it a prime time or is it a one o'clock? A one o'clock game. So, no, I'm excited about that one. It's always a fun game to watch. We always watch together, and if we don't, we call each other all the time during the during the rivalry. So, um, I think these teams are are pretty evenly matched. I agree. Um, but I will say there's a huge advantage with our defense compared to the Dallas. Clearly. Um, but, you know, Dallas is super explosive. All they needed is maybe a couple turnovers, which Fitch could definitely give up. Um, sure, yeah. so, there's, so there's a chance there. But I think if we, you know, play it 
solid and and who knows if Fitz is at the quarterback at that at that we'll point. We'll see. Could be Heineke. Heineke, man, he's he looks really good. I'm, I'm, again, we're not going Washington, but yeah, I mean, Washington's, well, Washington's winning that game, I say, bro. I want to say one one sentence to preview our next episode, which will be the Washington football team preview in August. I find it very NFC champs, baby. Are we eating out here? Yeah, I know. I find it very interesting that Coach Rivera has made it a point to say it's an open competition to quarterback and the Ryan Fitzpatrick does not have that job. And, uh, I want to talk about it, but no. All right. we'll get Stay tuned. Stay All right, week 15, um, another divisional matchup. We travel to the Meadowlands to face um, the New York Giants. It'll be the second of two matchups. We'll see. Um, like I said, that's, that's a tough place to play. It's going to be a week before Christmas. It's going to be cold. Um, it's going to probably you know maybe a little snow, precipitation, if you will. So that could be an ugly football game. And then boom, right? Week 16, stay in the division again. Now we come home this time to, to host the Washington that football team. And that, you see that start time, George. That is the day after Christmas. That is Sunday night football. Where's that at? Dallas. Dallas. We'll see. If Santa Claus gives me a nice present, maybe we can make our way to the game. You know, we'll talk after. Uh, week 17, this game frightens me. This stuff. We should. Anyone out there, um, if you guys want to send the NFC East Feast to the Cowboys versus Washington football team December 26th at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, we are accepting all donations via Patreon. (laughs) And and again, we thank you, Bud Light, for sponsoring this podcast. Week 17, we faced the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Kyler Murray absolutely embarrassed us. Um, Buda Baker um, had a pick six. Um, This was against Andy Dalton, um, keep in mind. Uh, but the Cardinals diced us up last Brian week. Brian loved Andy Dalton last year before. I was a little high on him. I thought that Andy could carry us. I was wrong. Good luck um, in Chicago, Andy. I don't think you're going to carry that job very um, long. I think Justin Fields will probably take that sooner than later. Uh, but, yes, we will face the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona is dangerous. Um, they've got DeAndre Hopkins. Team to watch, man. I agree. D-Hop is one of the best wide receivers, if not the best in football. They signed A.J. Green. Now they got uh, J.J. Watt on defense to pair with Chandler Jones. That's, that's a scary team. Watch out for the Cardinals. And we end the season, week 18 now, guys, not 17, um, in the city, city of brotherly love, we will be taking on the Eagles. Now I think the Eagles, we're safe to say George. George and I um, are maybe a little bit higher on them than the, most of the media, but I will still... Watch them, watch them, though. Last game of the season, bro. They don't want to win that game. No, it's true. So, they don't want to win. It's not even Doug Peters. Nick Sirianni might bench Jalen Hurts, and uh, Joe Flacco might um, end up in the game. So, very good call. Week 17, Philadelphia Eagles shenanigans. Watch out for it. So, what do you think, George? After running down this 18-game schedule, oh, what's, what are my Dallas Cowboys going to finish at? You know, I'm trying to stay high on, on, on Dallas just to have your you back have a little to. bit. Yeah. Um, you know what? 17-game season... I'm thinking like eight and nine, right around 500. I, I don't, I just, it's just the defense. It's really hard to, you, you have, you're playing against a lot of good teams. Correct. Uh, the Giants have gotten so much better. The Eagles are still talented. Um, you know, it's, but I, I could also see it possibly being, uh, you know, a nine and maybe a nine and eight uh, that could flop real quick and maybe get in for a wild card or something like that. I, I don't see this team winning the division. Um, okay. But what is your take? I'm saying I'm going to go even higher than you. I've said this three or four times. You guys are probably going to be sick of hearing me say it by the time the season starts in September. I think the Giants, Washington football team, and Dallas Cowboys will all be between eight and ten wins. Now, of course, being the homer that I am, I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys at the higher end of that, and they will have ten wins, finish ten and seven, and they will host a playoff game as NFC East champs. 
And the winner of the Washington football team New York Giants game also on week 17 will get a wild card spot, get that nine win slot. And unfortunately, the third place team um, will go home an eight and nine loser. And it's on Dak, really. I mean, it, Dak is the best quarterback in, in the, the division. division. For sure. I appreciate you saying that. And, and, and I don't know if he is anymore. But I will say he's proved to be he's proven to be from the past that he is the best yes. in the division. Yeah, Daniel Jones. Um, we'll see if he can solve his turnover issues. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the same thing. Um, and Jalen Hurts looked very good, but in very limited action. So I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts, and actually, um, I'm very interested in Jalen Hurts in like fantasy. Wow. Dude, it's funny. Like, I, yeah. I was thinking the same thing in the car the other day. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's gonna be rated super high. Though. Yeah. I think everyone's thinking that. For sure. Well, I think that's it, man. I hope you yeah, guys um, en enjoyed my apartment. Thank you again, partner, for, for making the trip up and doing this. Um, we're, we're hoping to do this more often. Um, so hopefully you guys will see our beautiful faces as long with hear our beautiful voices. Thank you all for watching and Thank listening so as much, always. Yeah. NFC East. Freeze! I'm upstairs!